A fault is a weakness, a defect, a fracture. Faults divide, tear, and consume. Here in the city of Chester's chasm, we struggle to maintain that precarious balance over the precipice in the earth, in our lives, and in our hearts. This story is about four teenagers with faults of their own. The fault between my faith and freedom. The fault between my family and identity. The fault between my choice and my obligation. The fault between my life and death. As these fractures grow, we stand at the edge and ask what must we sacrifice to sate the void's endless hunger? Is it possible that the answer lies within all our faults? Greetings, and welcome to All Our Faults, a Monster Hearts 2 actual play podcast. I am Mistress Winter, the MC for the series. This is the first chapter of our story. If you haven't listened to our prologue episodes, not to worry. You can pick up here, enjoy the start of this tale, and listen to the prologue at your leisure. I do feel I need to make a note about the quality of the audio herein. This was a part of our first recording session, and as I mentioned in the preface, we were still getting our act together. You'll hear random noises, and the professionalism of the sound will vary. I simply ask that you grant us a measure of grace through these first couple episodes. I promise that it gets better, as I think is evident in our later prologue episodes. Thank you. Please stay tuned after the show for more support information and shoutouts. Enjoy. Chapter 1 The Yearbook Club Hi everyone! Welcome to our first session. I am so thrilled to kick this off with all of you. For our listeners, my name is Mistress Winter, she, her pronouns. I am a writer, graphic designer, voice actress, and all-around TTRBG hobbyist. I will be the producer and MC for this podcast. Of course, this story would be wholly incomplete without the amazing cast that I have on my screen right here. If you will please introduce yourselves and the characters you'll be playing. Hey, what up, everybody? My name is Ben. I am super excited to be part of this project. This is going to be really fun and really exciting and a little crazy, I'm hoping for. So I am a creative from down southeast. I have done podcasts. I've done uh, video skits, so many different things. I'm just always on to the next thing. I love comics. I love movies. I love sci-fi. I love high fantasy stuff. So this is going to be a lot of fun playing in this system. I'm playing Bert Ransom. He's kind of a young African-American teenager. He's got short curly black hair that's just turned a little bit gray from some of the ordeals he's had to put up with recently. Yeah, he always looks tired, but he's always looking around. He's always trying to find what's going on behind the surface. He's kind of a conspiracy theorist. He's got some ideas that are kind of out there. But with his new powers of being a reaper, he can actually solve and find some of these things that go bump in the night in order to protect his family, protect his friends, protect the people he cares about and loves. And uh, maybe in the process, the town will not see him as uh, quite so out there. Some of his ideas maybe do have some 
some ground behind it. But his only hope is hoping that he doesn't become a monster like the monsters he's facing off against. I'm super excited for you guys to hear the rest of this story, and I'm excited to play through it. So let's get going. Thank you, Ben. How about you, Abby? Hello, everyone. My name is Abby Marie Carter. I am a New York-based aspiring actor, writer, and all-around giant nerd. Uh, You can find me on Instagram at Abby underscore Marie underscore Carter. And I do a lot in the TTRPG world, so if you want to see other things that I do, you can check out my Instagram. I will be playing Celine Quinzel, which is the skin The Hunted. Her pronouns are she, her, as well as mine are she, her. She is a 16-year-old junior in high school. She is quite abnormal looking to the average eye. She has stark silver hair that's long and flowing and pretty straight. And she has pointed ears when she doesn't have her hair down or blocking the back of her neck, which is rarely. She has a shimmering star that looks almost like a faded tattoo. Uh, But what that actually is, is her fey mark as she is a half fey princess. Her father is the king of the Unseelie court, but she lives in Chester's Chasm with her mortal mother and her half-sister and her stepfather. The Hunted Skin is a fan-made skin that I'm very excited to play and deals with, well, being hunted. So Celine will be dealing a lot with running. She is being hunted by something from the Fey Realm that took over her father's kingdom while she was there for a little while. She's also an artist, an aspiring tattoo artist, so she always carries a notebook around with her. Wonderful. And we will provide links to the various skins if they are fan-made so that you can enjoy them as well and support the writers who created them. Kat? Hello, I'm Kat Kelly and I am an actor and acting and improv teacher from Ohio. You can find me on various social media as Kat Kelly. You can also find me on Twitch as Unpositive Game. I'm really excited to be doing Monster Hearts as someone who grew up a big Monster of the Week, Buffy verse kind of fan. This really kind of tickles my brain in just that right way. And I'm really excited to explore a horrifying, horrible story of torture and pain with all of you. (laughs) Torture and pain. That is going to be the order of the show. So strap in, audience. I will be playing Crispin Ligatone. He is a lost little boy. He's a junior in high school, and he also is facing a lot of challenges at home. His father is a devout religious fanatic and expects him to kind of follow in his footsteps. Crispin is the night skin, which I believe is also a fan-made skin, and I'm very excited to be playing. I'm really excited to explore the concept of feeling compelled to continually do the right thing, but also not having a developed enough prefrontal cortex to actually rationalize what that is. So (laughs) good times all around. Crispin is an ostensibly clean-cut kid. The only thing remotely, quote-unquote, rebellious about him is his below-shoulder-length hair. It is light golden brown like the sun and not maintained in a very over-the-top or vain way. 
but is kept very meticulously brushed and held back in line with the rest of his very pressed, severe almost appearance. This is a kid who wears chinos, dockers, like slacks every day, does not own a pair of jeans, like nice dress shoes every day, but also like will try to sneak a t-shirt under his button down. So he'll, when he gets to school, he'll like open up the button down and just be like, have like a cool t-shirt under his very like formal, crisply pressed button down shirt. Very cool. Thank you. How about you, Michael? Hi, yes, I'm Juicy, Juicy Garland, Boston area drag queen and super nerd. You can find me on the twitter.com at Juicy Garland, one word. You can find me on Blue Sky at the same. You can also find me on Instagram at Juicy.Garland. And you can track me on all my socials for any other internet or in-person stuff that I'm doing, whether it is TTRPG related or just playing drag on stage or out in the world. I am playing Michael Delacroix, who is our vampire. That is the skin I am playing. Michael is tall with curly, bouncy blonde hair, pale skinned and gray eyed. He always has a cutting remark and is always looking for really the next pun intended biting thing to say. He is really exciting to play. I really like exploring the darker aspects of the skin and how someone like Michael can exist and have vulnerability while still being some kind of monstrous predator looking for his next feeding. So I'm really excited to play this character. Wonderful. Thank you so much. And I am looking forward to seeing these characters come to life in the story. Wonderful. Thank you all. Let's get into it. The scene opens on a piece of nature's splendor. A curtain of water plunges gracefully down a cliff face lush with vegetation. A massive cavern that opens at the cliff's base seems to swallow the free-flowing water without cessation. The whispering rush of the falls is the only sound that permeates the surrounding woods. A figure stands on the wooden bridge spanning the crest of the waterfall. They glance at the nearby plaque, detailing the brief history of the Cascade as it relates to the founding of Chester's Chasm, the city responsible for the park. There is also a notice of potential fines for throwing objects into the cavern below. This draws the figure's eyes down where a fluttering of lights emit from the hole's depths. There is a flash of movement. Moments later, a second figure alights on the bridge, their barefoot falls drawing not a creak from the boards. Warden. The second's voice is coarse, like so much gravel grinding together. I am not your captor, creature. The first figure's voice is as quiet and gentle as a graveyard breeze. Ah, but then, are the others here? The first nods toward the city's lights through the trees. Yes, they have already begun your games. The second sneers. Then I have much work to do. Before you begin, remember my rules. Mortals must be offered a choice. The balance must be preserved. As always. The first figure turns away from the now empty space beside them and steps off the bridge into the shadow of the trees beyond. We are at the end of summer. 
Starting into the first day of school at Chesterfield High School in Chester's Chasm, a city in the northwest U.S. straddling the state line between Oregon and Washington. The city is sandwiched between the Pacific Shore and the dense woods of a national park to the east. Let's start with Bert. Bert, you awaken this fine morning in your home in South Chester, also called the Maw. You can hear sounds coming from the kitchen downstairs. Your father is obviously already up and getting ready for work at the Vitamix Corporation, where he has been working for over a year now. Yeah, we just got transferred about a year ago. What is Bert's morning routine like? He's definitely slower to wake up because he's been fighting things that go bump in the night all throughout the night. But he definitely wakes up, checks his notebooks to see what's on the agenda for today. I feel like he probably has like a little bit of a conspiracy board over to the side, just like, all right, so I, I took out this person or, you know, this thing. But, you know, what's the bigger cause? What's controlling it? What, what was that? So checks the board and then gets ready. I think he probably just has some coffee, doesn't really eat much in the morning, and then tries to head towards school. Bert's dad is just leaving when Bert comes down and just gives the customary good morning. Yeah, just kind of nod and hey. And you both go on your merry way. On your way to school, which do you walk or are you close enough to walk or do you take the buses? I think I'd ride my bike. Oh, okay. Perfect. So you're on your bike and you get a call and it reads, Mr. Amudo. So I think, you know, as I'm pedaling and everything, paying attention, I kind of just, oh, I'm getting a call, whatever. And then when I see the name, I'm like, oh, oh, and I like scurry off to the side. And then I, because I know that this is important. <laughs> You're such a responsible bike rider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to pull over to take a call. <laughs> right. Forgot to charge my headset, so I don't <laughs> my earpods in. Absolutely. So you pull over and answer the phone? Yeah. What does he call you? Does he just call you Bert? I think so. I think I call him boss just to kind of distance the, like, I don't call him by name. Just like, hey, boss. Hey, Bert. Do you have any reports from last night? I know there was a lot going on. A lot of activity building up in the area. Uh, yeah, I haven't quite. I just woke up. I'm headed to school right now. But there, there was a lot. Is something going on? And you are planning after school to drop by and tell me all about it, correct? Not going to skip out again for that delivery job. Well, I was trying to figure out a way to make both work if I could, because I, I do need money because you're not necessarily paying me monetarily and keeping me alive, which is important. And I definitely appreciate that. But I, I do need money to make things happen. So, yeah, I was going to deliver some pizzas and then head by and see you and kind of organize some of the uh, the notes from last night. Good, good. I mean to warn you. We may see even more paranormal activity building up throughout the city. I have it on good authority that things are afoot. Okay. Are we going to get some more help with that? Or is it just all on me? Because now that school is starting, it's kind of tough to just be uh, the, the one-man army standing against these paranormal forces. No help is incoming. So it may behoove you to seek out aid where possible. Perhaps your friend, the one in the car, may be able to assist in helping to run some of these uh, sightings down. 
Okay, I I know we have a very professional relationship, you and I, but just on a personal note, how do you think that conversation is going to go? I'm just going to be like, hey, I know your thing and I work with death. How would one broach that subject of like, hey, we need to stop the paranormal or the supernatural from invading? Because he and I don't really talk about that night at all or... Actually, we don't even talk about anything. We kind of just quietly acknowledge that each other exists, but nothing more. That is not my concern. Okay, see, I was expecting that reaction, but I thought maybe, maybe you know, mentor to mentee, we, you would kind of have some... You understand mortals much better than I do, uh, so I think that would be within your expertise. That's fully not true, but I'm kind of on the outside. I... You saw me in a car with a vampire get nearly killed in a car accident, so I don't know where you thought I understood people, but I will do my best because do I have like a timeline? I can kind of add that to my board of imminent danger. No timeline, and uh, that is currently available, but it is coming. So keep your eyes peeled, keep your recorder on. Okay. And take them down. Keep the cycle. Right. And he just unceremoniously like clicks off. <laughs> Always enjoy our little chats. And then I'm going <laughs> to start heading back to school because I need to guess recruit Michael. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crispin, what is your morning like? So I think Crispin, much like he does every morning, will get up before the sun and he will light a candle and he will offer up a prayer to whoever's listening. He's extremely convinced that there is someone listening, though he recently has been having some doubts about who that is or why they're listening or what they're even listening for. But this is a, a habit of his that he has had his entire life that has been instilled in him. And so he will continue in that vein and he's going to pray for a solid half an hour or so until he feels that everything that is on his heart has been sort of examined and handed over. And when that's done, he will blow out that candle and prepare himself for the day, which for him is a less strict than it used to be routine. Um, <laughs> shower today, he's going to put his hair in a loose plait, a loose braid down his back to keep it out of his face, as he has been doing quite a bit lately. A crisp white sort of, not a button down, but like one of those kind of fleecy polo sweaters and a pair of khaki slacks and some comfortable kind of running shoes that don't necessarily go with the rest of the outfit, but have, have recently become favorites of his. And he'll pack up his bag with his school books and his homework and a little travel Bible that he never leaves behind. And as he goes to leave the house to start his morning kind of nature walk before he heads off to school, he's going to set out plates and bowls and things for his mother and father to eat breakfast because he is sure that they are still either sleeping or still within the realm of their own sort of prayers. And so he sets out the stuff to kind of like help his mother's morning along before he tries to sneak out unmolested by his parents. Well, unfortunately, it is not the case. As you're setting the table, you hear a shuffling behind you and you turn to see your mother watching you. She has a kind of look that says a lot of different things. 
It's a look of jealousy, a look of gratefulness, and a look of sadness all rolled into this big ball that washes across her face in just that fleeting moment before you lock eyes. I think Kirsten has gotten used to kind of ignoring that. He clocks it every time, but he's gotten used to just letting it go. You don't have to do that. It's it's a big day. You're going out in the world. It's not the first time, Mom. It's, it's, this is the third year. Kind of used to it by now. You're right. Every year it doesn't get any easier. You know, your, your siblings would be <laughs> going with you. They'll be along shortly, I'm sure. But that's not something you need to worry about on your first day, darling. Did you get breakfast for yourself? Absolutely. I'm ready to go. Uh, I just, I didn't want to bother you or, or father this morning. He's, he's had lots of meetings and things lately, and, and you've been busy with your own matters, and, and I'm perfectly capable of taking care of myself, Mom. I have no doubt. Have you given any consideration to your first vigil? I know that's coming up. You're going to be joining the ranks of the young people who stand watch. Crispin has a very schooled expression as he pauses in a thoughtful manner and goes, It is certainly something worth taking my time on. And with that, he's going to kind of put his hands gently on his mom's arms and like kind of kiss her cheek and say, I have some things I need to finish up before the day begins. um, So I should be on my way, but I will see you this evening. She flinches some as you touch her, schools it and gives a small smile. Of course, where else would I be? The rumblings from upstairs as you hear your father beginning to move around spur her shooing you out the door and... Kristen bounces. He's like, bye. (laughs) Michael, it is the first day of school as summer has come to an end. So it is your sophomore year. It's the first day. What is Michael's morning routine? Michael gets up and dresses, bathes, doesn't eat breakfast... Ignores his family and shamefully doesn't get in a car that is his anymore and then goes to school. Your brother, Gideon, is at the dinner table when you come down, shoveling some sort of marshmallow cereal into his face and playing with whatever toy he found in the box. They still do that, right? Sometimes, yeah. Mm-hmm. For certain things, yeah. <laughs> the nanny is nearby doing some cleaning to look after young Gideon, which denotes that your parents have already left for the day. They're already off to their high-powered jobs. As always. Gideon looks up from his toy, kind of lifts it up in the air. Hey, am I going, you want to come play? No, I I have to get going to school. What'd you get? I got a race car. Nice. What color? It's blue. But it's got these these really cool, like, red stripes along the side. Yeah, the stripes make it go faster. Didn't you know that? (gasps) Really? Yeah. Oh, that's going to go super fast. And I'm going to have to pull out, like, my tracks so that it can go around the tracks really fast. Yeah, just don't go too fast. That's how you get hurt. I I won't get hurt. Okay, good. And Annabelle will, will take care of me. It's like, points off to the nanny. <laughs> it is like, eh. <laughs> Michael will look at her briefly with a little mix of both. At least someone's here and 
probably a little bit of disgust that there's a nanny. He's not happy with the idea of a nanny. <laughs> Somebody's got to look after the child. I guess. <laughs> At least there is a human presence loosely defined. And uh, Michael will grab his bag and head out the door. On your way to school, do you have a vehicle? Do you take the bus? Michael has been relegated to the bus since the accident. Unlike the other kids in the neighborhood, he has to take the bus. He's the only one. Everyone else has a car. He had just gotten his license too. The bus pulls up. You step up onto it and you can see several of your peers already boarded and ready to get off to school, including Mr. Harker. I will pause for a moment glance, and I will move as far back behind William Harker? Mm -hmm. Behind him, across the aisle, and just stare. He doesn't even look up as you pass, seemingly buried in a book in his lap. Can I see what the book is as I pass by? It looks to be a collection of CDC reports, oddly. CDC reports? Interesting. And I can't get any more information than that? Not unless you're you're going to go talk to him. Oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that. <laughs> but I'll remember that for later. Perfect. What is Celine's morning routine? That's a wonderful question. She would wake up from a very sleepless night since for the last like five months that's pretty much her norm she would pretty much get out of bed and grab the first pair of clothes she sees which would probably be dark colored jeans and just a t-shirt maybe a band t-shirt she would just kind of grab her backpack run a brush through her hair grab her sketchbook and make her way downstairs if her family talks to her, she'll probably talk back, but for the most part, she will keep to herself. She would be eating very little in the morning, and she has very visible bags under her eyes. As you come down the stairs, you round the corner to bump straight into your stepfather, Christopher, who barely catches his coffee to keep it from spilling on his nice sweater. Oh, oh, no need to rush around. Are you okay? I didn't spill anything on you, did I? No, no, I'm good. Uh, sorry, I just distracted. Oh, good. Well, I mean, <laughs> not done being distracted, of course. Glad nothing major is wrong. You're off to school today, aren't you? Yep, first day, junior year. Good, good. Certainly give you something to do, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, your sister's starting today, too. Ella's all excited for her freshman year. I forgot about that. Yeah, she's... I'll, uh, I'll keep an eye out for her. That would be greatly appreciated. Your mom's actually making breakfast, if you'd care to get some. But Ella, I think, is just about ready. Yeah, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll grab some food. Thanks. And I'll kind of start to kind of skirt past him. And also kind of keeping my hair like semi in front of my face, just like half of it. Trying to mitigate a little bit the giant bags, but refusing to do makeup because I'm too tired for that. He watches you with a smile, but you can see a kind of 
wariness behind his genial gaze, and he makes no sudden movements as you make your way out. Ella is pulling on her backpack as you come into the kitchen. I'm almost ready. Great. We'll leave as soon as I grab something to eat. Your mom puts down a couple of plates, hearty with food. You've got eggs, you got biscuits and gravy, you know, all the, the southern comfort foods. I know it well. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom, Jessica, she was born in the South, so she's a bit of a Southern belle, but she's been away for so long that her accent's muddled. But she still held on to some of the customs and culture of the South. And darn tune, you're going to sit down and eat. Yes, ma'am. I'll take a seat again, letting my hair kind of cover my eyes, particularly on the side that my mother is kind of facing me on. And I will grab a plate and kind of pick at it. I'll take a few bites, but over the last few months, that has also been the norm. I'm definitely not eating as much, not sleeping well, more quiet than I've probably ever been. My family would notice a difference. <laughs> sure. I do think my mom knows that at least I think something is after me because she's the one that picked me up after it happened. Yeah, she was. But she's also played off any of your concerns as relatively unfounded. Whatever came from the Fae couldn't stay here for too long, so it obviously went back. There hasn't been anything since, so you're getting yourself worked up all over nothing. But she still, like, takes these quick glances your way when she thinks that you're not looking. Just thoughtful glances. Now, how, how are you two getting to school? Do I need to drive you? No, I figured we'd take the bus. All right, well... I believe that is coming in about five minutes, so you better be out there. I'll, like, shove whatever bite of food I was, like, picking up in my mouth, grab my backpack, and just like, yep, we should start walking now. Kind of motion Ella to follow. And she, like, quickly spoons some of the sausage gravy into her, her mouth. and <laughs> Mom! I'll do, like, a little half wave as I walk out. And I'll kind of lead Ella to the bus stop. We live in kind of the poorer areas, so. Which often results in the buses being late or uh, sometimes even not available. So what was supposed to be five minutes begins to drag on for 10 minutes, 20. It feels like forever. And in that time, there is a sense of unease, of vulnerability that begins to build around you, Celine. There is something out there. Your gaze flickering between the ramshackle houses and unkempt lawns and gardens, wondering if you will see something watching you. I'm definitely looking for it and probably getting lost in it. So if there's a noise, I would definitely jump at it. If Ella tries to get my attention, I definitely jump in. So definitely very on edge and it would be quite noticeable. Her small voice jars you when she speaks up after a few minutes. So through time, I'm like super nervous. You'll be fine. It's just, it's just high school. Yeah, but... Like, I, I know that some of my friends are going to be there, but there's going to be a whole bunch of new people that I don't know. What is that club you're part of? The yearbook club? Yeah. Maybe maybe I could get in on that, too. 
Sure, if if you want. I don't know how interesting it would really be to you, but we're always looking for people, so you're welcome to at least come check it out. I mean, if that's cool, not like cramping your style or some stuff. It really doesn't matter to me. And like, you're gonna be fine. But if you need anything, you can always come find me. Okay, (sighs) totally got this. You get to school. You each have different homerooms, especially since you're in different grades. The first day goes by with relative ease. Most of the classes are really short, considering it's just like discussing the syllabus and what the expectations for the coming year are going to be. So there's no work that is given to you other than in English, where they expect that you read like two or three novels by next week. But at the end of the day comes the start of your book club. The four of you will arrive in your own time to one of the disused science labs where the club advisor, Mr. Alexander Schultz, has set up all of the equipment that you'll need. He's got some laptops, he's got camera equipment and design boards available for everybody. The young teacher gathers you all in close and pushes his, his glasses up. Wonderful. It's it's so good to see everybody's faces again this year. Last year was an absolute success, I may say. The yearbook was widely received. Our orders for it were up 20% from the previous year. So claps all around. And this year, I expect no different. I'm sure that we can even top last year's numbers if we are really intentional with it. Of course, I have selected a new editor-in-chief, and I would like to bring her up to make sure everybody knows who their lead is. This will be our editor-in-chief, Barbara Holcomb. Everybody gives half-hearted claps and, and such as Barbara steps up to the front. Hi, everybody. I am really excited to be your editor-in-chief for this year. This club means so much to me, and I know that we will make it a success. I've worked with some of you. I have not worked with some of you. And I can promise that I will be a fair and impartial editor and make sure that all of our pages are in great shape when we put the final thing together. We have a couple of other staff who you will need to be intimately familiar with, including our yearbook editor, Taylor Lineman. Everybody give a clap. Yeah, okay. We have our returning graphic designer, Jacob Feldman. Thank you, Jacob. And all of you, including Michael, glad to have you on the team. Celine, Bert, and Crispin. I am so excited to work with you both again and anew. So let's get cracking. Michael, there are a range of cameras available to you for loan out from the school, unless you would like to use your personal one. Oh, if they'll let me, I'll use my own. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, Barbara will approach you, Michael. Oh, hi, Barbara. Hi, Michael. Welcome back. Yes, I am so excited to work with you. I'm sure you'll change the world. I think that we're really going to add something to people's lives through this yearbook. It's going to be fantastic. I have no doubt you believe that. 
things. So cameras, these are available from the school and you need to sign them out. Make sure that there is a hand receipt mm -hmm. so that if anything happens to the camera, we can mm -hmm. make sure it gets insured, stuff like that. Oh, of course. Yes. No, I have my own. Thank you. What kind of camera? Here, take a look. It's beautiful. It's in perfect working order. It operates on film and it takes gorgeous photographs. So film might not actually work. We are trying to push the yearbook into the digital age. Yeah, you see, the best part about that is in the digital age, you can convert physical media to digital rather easily. So don't worry about it. And I'd like to shut her down. <laughs> okay, go for it. That's an eight. <laughs> I love it because that is my success with consequences. My favorite too. Fantastic. On a seven to nine, you come across poorly and they get to give you a condition, but you do get to choose one of the following. They lose a string on you if they had one. I don't believe she does. If they have no strings and you gain one on her, she gains a condition or you take one forward. I would like one forward, please. <laughs> All right. Make sure to record that down because I will not keep track of those. As far as conditions, however, you're going to get the condition uncooperative. <laughs> I'll take that. <laughs> I don't know where you got that, but... <laughs> you accepted that a little too easily. <laughs> Look, we are going to be a team. Now, if you can do the transfers yourself, develop the film, put it onto digital media, for our ease of use, that would be fantastic. Don, I have no problem. Thank you. Okay, thanks. Have an excellent day. And she just kind of peels off to the next person, which will be Bert. Hi, Bert, right? Hey, yeah. Wonderful. So you're going to be one of our journalists. So my expectations are that you'll go to these various uh, social events, the big things, okay. and write a short blurb about what it was, who was there, the five W's, essentially. And that's really all we need. Uh, we just need to make sure that we put story to these pictures. Okay, sounds good. Just real quick, this first thing you have me going to is our back to school back it sounds pretty straightforward. Like I could just write about it now. The students are coming back. I was wondering if you had anything with more of an edge or is there any weird happenings happening around school that I should be aware of? You know, I, I love your enthusiasm for wanting to capture all of these interesting stories about our school. Unfortunately, this is just the yearbook. We just want to capture what goes on in terms of the students and the teachers and provide an, a nice memento at the end of the year. I still want you to go to the back to the school thing to at least be able to have accurate information on all of that. Anything else? Yeah, I just wanted to know about kind of our workspace. This is a little bit cramped. I'm going to need to put up a corkboard at somewhere just to make sure I keep track of all the happenings and goings on about the school and its various things. So is there is there room for that? Is there a budget for that? Do I need to submit an invoice? I was just talking to somebody else about this. We're moving into the digital age. So we have plenty of different pieces of software that you can use to graph out your project and to help us put this thing together. So no need for the physical mediums. We're going to have it all digitally so that we can share it and be able to work on it frequently. 
Okay. And as far as like this this room in this space, how do, how often would we have access to it? Because I do have my own side business, and I hand out a business card that says Burt Ransom. When the paranormal takes you hostage, pay the ransom, and I hold it out to her. So you know, I may be needing this space for that as well, kind of a side hustle that I have. Unfortunately, the school is off limits except to extracurricular activities and cannot be used for commercial businesses. But thanks. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> I just I'll take that back. These are expensive, and put them back in my little billfold. <laughs> <laughs> Well, great. Let me know if you need any assistance. Yeah, of course. Um, and if you hear anything weird going on, please let me know. I would love to investigate or, you know, kind of scout out those kinds of happenings because, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of stories about Chester Falls. And so to get behind and see the real Chester Falls would be amazing through the eyes of the students. Chester's Chasm. Chester's Chasm. Yes. I do hope that uh, you'll make sure that your information is accurate when naming things. Right. I will. I will do that. Good. I have all the confidence in you. And she will peel off to the next person. Crispin. Hi. Hi. So you're going to be our coordinator, essentially. My expectations for your position are going to make sure that our field agents are getting out there and we're getting these events covered so that we have pictures, we have summaries. I'm also going to require that you work with the school photographer to make sure that we have all of the student pictures when that time comes around. Okay, so the, the company that we're having come in to like do everybody's portraits, that's my job now? Uh, no, 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 no. I just mean that you need to coordinate with them and make sure that we get those pictures and that goes off without too much hassle. Okay. Has, has, has that been problematic in the past? I'm, are you, are you anticipating some kind of, some kind of issue? Okay. Uh, no, no, no. We just want to keep lines of communication open so that this project goes smoothly. And that's essentially what your job's going to be is making sure that this gets done efficiently and on time. Everything, like, good, Barbara? You seem a little... Well, if I'm going to be honest, you seem a little bit manic and I'm concerned. Uh, is everything good? I'm doing just great. I'm, I'm really excited to be editor-in-chief and to have something to do after school. Okay. I just, you know, want you to know that you're not in this alone and that everybody... This isn't our first rodeo, as they say, uh, and it's going to be fine. You know, it's not all going to fall on you and, and it's going to be fine. Okay. Thank you. I really appreciate the support and the encouragement. I hope that my leadership will come across just as supportive and encouraging as you're being right now. So thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Like this is a great start. I appreciate you. Just keep breathing. You're going to do great. Just keep swimming, right? Crispin does not understand that reference, but he's just going to nod slowly. <laughs> <laughs> She gets the fact that you don't seem to recognize it and now feels like she's made a little bit of a fool of herself. So she's going to be all right. So let me know if you need help with anything. Uh, make sure to network with the rest of the team uh, to make sure what their coordination needs are. OK, bye. And then finally, we will turn to Celine. Celine would definitely have her nose in her sketchbook. She's definitely sketching out an idea for a design for the cover of the yearbook. Barbara comes over and kind of hovers for a moment. Hi, Celine. Celine will jump and like slam the book close. And it is an insane jump that she does. Kind of like a ready to fight type thing. Oh, and then she'll just relax and just, hi, sorry. I didn't realize you were there. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to startle you. 
You doing okay? Yeah, I'm great. Just great. Perfect. So you're going to be one of our editors, correct? So I was told. Good, because we need kind of all hands on deck. We need to make sure that we have. And you can see her gaze flicker over to Taylor, who is lounged back in a chair. They are flipping through their phone and she turns back and I really need the extra help. I'm I'm your girl. Perfect. I was thinking I could maybe help out with the design stuff as well. I know that it's technically Jacob's job, but... um... Yes, it is. And you might have to take that up with Jacob. He has kind of first rights to the graphics and such. Yeah, but I'm an editor, so I could just... When things are bad, and we both know they're going to be, I could fix it. Now, that's not showing a lot of faith in your teammates. They could be absolutely stellar this year. So how about we just give him a chance first? But if you would like to help him out in any way, you can absolutely go talk to him about that. And again, her her gaze flips over to where Taylor was. And now Jacob is like sidled up to Taylor. And the two of them are giggling over what videos and stuff that they're they're flipping through on the phone. I will just kind of follow her gaze as well and then just look at her and then say, I will give Jacob a chance. And if it is the same as last year, I'll step in. I was also thinking maybe I could be part of the group that um, travels to the events and stuff. Maybe do some drawings that could be added in. Because that's not graphics and I can handle taking the drawings from physical to digital. I have an iPad that can do it all. I do it a lot. Oh, well, I'm not sure where we would be able to fit in your, I'm sure, wonderful artwork. So, yes, you can, but that would absolutely be on your own time. Yeah, yeah, just travel with the group that goes to the games and events and stuff. Just make sure that uh, you don't interrupt what they're trying to do. If you don't want me to go, you can just say that. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that you can't go because you absolutely can. And students are allowed all student events unless otherwise dictated by Principal Kim. I'm going to like lean close to Barbara so no one else can hear us and just, I know you have to save face. I know that you're in charge. However, we both know that Jacob is going to do a horrendous job with the graphics. So in my traveling with whatever group of students is assigned with the yearbook club to travel, I can do some drawings that would then create some really cool graphics that we can use instead of Jacob's shitty ones. And I appreciate the desire to make things better. Truth is that if we don't use Jacob's graphics, then there could be issues at the next PTA meeting. Why does Jacob have to know until it's published? Well, I'm still going to give him a chance. So let's not jump to conclusions right yet. (laughs) You and I both remember the yearbook last year, how it started before we stepped in, right? I do. I'm just confused, Barbara. (laughs) There are invested interests that provide some of our funding and we have to satisfy said interests in order to keep said funding. I'm going to cut her off and just, okay, I get it. I'm going to go talk to Jacob though. And I'm just going to get up and go talk to Jacob, (laughs) leaving her standing there. Okay. We're going to cut away real quick. 
who else is in the yearbook club with us, pray tell? I was going to say, is Celine's sister here? Oh, yeah. And did Ella show up? Yes. And she's kind of in the back, nervously waiting to be given something like a task or any instruction on what she's supposed to be doing. Deacon and Deanna Hathaway, twins are working on a spreadsheet on their their monitor, working out some of the layouts and such that they're going to propose. I think as the coordinator, Crispin will step forward and sort of gather his friends. So Michael, Celine, and Bert. I don't think he knows Ella, so he'll kind of leave her out and just be like, Hey, so I guess the, y- you're all a, a me problem this year, huh? And he says it's like kind of a joke. So you tell me where you want to make sure that we go and I will make sure that we are the group that gets set. Obviously, we have to cover a couple of football games and a couple of soccer games. And, you know, it's only fair that everybody takes a turn doing that stuff. But, you know, I can judge the schedule a little bit. If there's anything you guys specifically want to do. I think you pulled Celine over kind of in the middle of her going to talk to Jacob. And so she's like a little out of it and it's just like, well, um, I don't know what my job actually is right now because Barbara's a pushover and I can't get her to see reason. So right now I'm not traveling with anyone or I'll be traveling on my own dime, which quite frankly, if I'm doing shit for the yearbook, it's fine. I just, I have to talk to someone else about it, I guess. So I don't have an opinion yet. I think Crispin was watching that whole interaction happen and is very aware of what is happening. And I think he's just like, well, you know, there's always growing pains at the beginning of a year. And I think just remember whose job it is to tell everyone where they're going and have faith that it'll be okay. It's cool. It's fine. Everything's... Listen, we all make choices. We all make mistakes. Like, let's just give everybody a little bit of grace, right? It's gonna be fine. Celine is just staring at Crispin and just like, mm-hmm. Crispin is famous for these, like, diffusing moments of just like, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Everything's fine. And, like, he tries so hard to just be like, everything's fine. I'm sure they always work. Yeah, they definitely always work. (laughs) He's very successful. After that kind of exchange, I'll kind of look over at Michael and Bert, who I don't know that I know either one of them. Do we get a vibe that something's happening there, by the way? I bet it's very obvious we are avoiding each other. It's very pointed. I didn't want to lead, but yeah, I was like, is there a vibe that these two are just like not stoked about being here? (laughs) (laughs) Like, I'll keep looking over at Michael, just kind of like maybe trying to find an opportunity to like talk or open up the weird tension, but it's not there. Yeah. And uh, one quick question. Is William in your book club as well? He is not. Yeah. So then I'm spending a lot of energy not looking at Bert. (laughs) It's as if there is a dead zone where my head cannot turn and it like (laughs) even arcs above and around. I think then Crispin will deflect their gaze from Michael and like fixate on Bert and be like, so what kind of stuff do you want to do this year? Uh, uh, What are your ideas for just way too intensely 
like way too excited to be having this conversation. And I think Bert will meet your energy because like, he thinks that someone like wants to hear what he has to say. So he's like, oh, I'm really, really concerned about getting the truth out there about what is going on in this town. So any weird things, any what, what's going on, if a student disappears, let me know because I, I would love to help out with that. I immediately regret this conversation. Crispin does the polite <laughs> nod and is like, okay, okay. And he like goes to write notes and then thinks better of it and is like, got it. I'm reaching into my bag and put like a map of the town. I'm like, I've heard that people disappear in this area, but then also like there's been strange sightings in this area. So if we can really get out there. During all of this, Selene is definitely staring Bert down in a like, how much do you actually know kind of way? Uh, but it's going to come across as just this like sleep deprived, weird girl with silver hair and slightly pointed ears is just staring at you. <laughs> and Crispin is going to be trying to like catch Celine's gaze. It's not working. Her I, she's laser focused on Bert right now. Just going into my whole spiel about my investigations and what I've seen, what I've not seen. So yeah, if we could just bring that to light, I think this school would be better for it. This town would be better for it. Yeah, that sounds really, really interesting. And without looking at Michael, Crispin's going to be like, uh, what, about, what about you? What about you, Michael? What do you want to do? Take pictures. That's what I want to do. It's very specific. Well, I mean, just tell me where to point the camera. Good meeting. Good, good meeting. Lots of progress happening right now. Great. Yeah, thanks. Excellent. Love that for you. Crispin deeply regrets this entire interaction to the point where I think he's going to go seek out Barbara and just start like hashing out different like, okay, we definitely have to do like homecoming and prom and winter formal and, and all of the games. And are there any like anniversaries that we need to make sure that we cover this year just to avoid whatever is happening in this group right now? Celine, are you still going over to talk to Jacob? Yes. Since Crispin and I have both worked on the yearbook committee before, we were both part of it last year, and Jacob was as well, do I get the vibe that Jacob wants to be there at all? Or is he just there because he has to be? He gives off the vibe that he's there just because he has to be. All right, cool. It's kind of obvious in how he and Taylor are just slacking off, scrolling through whatever social media they're looking at and barking out laughter occasionally, but doing absolutely no work. I'll uh, walk up to Jacob and just, hey, uh, Jacob, can I talk to you for a, a moment? He looks up from whatever video is playing. Hey, what you got to say to me? You can, you can say to both of us, we're all friends here, right? Sure. I was just wondering. The work of being the graphic designer can be a lot. So I was just wondering if you wanted any help. And by help, do you want me to take over and you can still, you know, do whatever? Because I want to do it. And so, you know, you wouldn't have to spend a bunch of extra time doing it, is my point. And then you can take whatever credit you need to where you need or want to. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not taking credit for whatever crap you're going to put on there. And besides, why would I want to even let you after you kind of undercut me last year? I was given permission to do that. Yeah. And do you see that we have a new advisor? But you don't want to do it. So I just figured we could fix both of our problems and you could take whatever credit you wanted. And then you would have to do no work at all. And you could continue doing whatever the hell you wanted. Seems like a win. Give me a hot. Ooh, that is an 11. I rolled sixes on both die. 
Nice. But I have a negative one. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe. Is there anything you can do to sweeten the deal? Sweeten the deal of doing all your work for you? I mean, sure. You make something and you put my name on it. I don't have to do the work. Cool. I guess. But what if somebody like finds out and, you know, then I'm on the hook? I don't know. Maybe something substantial. Do you want to ask for something specific here? Because I feel like you have something in mind. Taylor and Jacob kind of like exchange a look. You know, maybe uh, you can show me and uh, my good friend Taylor a good time sometime. Yeah, sure. I'm sure it'll be a great time. <laughs> Rock. And they, they do a fist bump. All right. We'll uh, catch you up for a date. Yep. You have my number, unfortunately. And I'll just kind of spin on my heel and like just walk away. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crispin, Barbara loves all of your ideas, is going to point you to the Hathaways. I love what you're doing. I think you should go see the twins. They are putting together a wonderful Gantt chart and project board online, of course. And they could absolutely help you to make sure that all of these different moving parts and components are coming together. So thanks. I appreciate you. Yeah, sure. Crispin will kind of take a breath to steal himself and he will kind of throw his shoulders back and, and march over to where Deacon and Deanna are and just say, hey, just wanted to touch base with the two of you over the work we have to do over the coming year. Kind of compare notes, so to speak. Compare notes. Yeah. I think that is something that we can do. How's the cult, by the way? Another deep breath. We're not going to talk about that. Listen, I have a lot on my agenda for the day. So if you could just let me know kind of what you've got as far as special events, big moments we want to make sure that we we capture that we might need a, a, a go team for this year. That would really be helpful for everybody. You know, your rituals are not included in any of that. You don't know anything about any of that. So that's not the discussion we're having right now. If you just want to like forward me an email with that list, that would be awesome. And Crispin is going to make to like step away. Sure. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll send it to Crispin at crazies.cult. Got it. Listen, I know you think you're helping. I know you think you know things and I know that you have strong opinions about me and who I am and what I do and where I'm from. And I don't have a problem with that, truly. I welcome you to express yourselves in whatever ways you see fit. However, in this very particular instance, I would really appreciate it if you would be mature enough to put the, and his voice starts to shake, the needs and the um, best interests of the, the yearbook and our fellow staff members above your own personal feelings. Give me a shutdown roll, please. <gasps> 12. Fantastic. Nice. Yay, that'll never happen again. Relatable. <laughs> they both share a look in which they realize that they've struck a nerve, maybe pushed the teasing just a bit far, seeing you get a little upset. Sure, we will have that to you very shortly. Much appreciated. And Crispin is going to make a very... He means it to be mocking, but it just ends up coming off very sincere because that's just who he is as a person. Like a little like half bow. 
And then he bolts. Thank you for listening to the premiere chapter of All Our Faults. If you like this show, please leave a review and tell your friends about us and consider supporting our efforts. We have a link tree in the show notes, which includes a Ko-fi site. All proceeds go to our production costs. A big thank you to the Tabletop Tailspinners Network and director Emma Kokar for this great opportunity. A shout out to fellow Monster Hearts podcasts, including Wild Moor High by Queer PG and The Silent Secrets by Ghostlight Media. We're honored to be joining the community and appreciate your mutual support. I am ever grateful to the music artists who create the beats and vibes that enhance our story. They are credited in the show notes. Please support them if you can. Until next time, may the story of your days be beautiful. This has been a tale from the Tabletop Tailspinners Network.